Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Hello, lovers, and welcome to the podcast. Before we dive into the meat and juice of this episode, I want to take a moment and express some gratitude to the internet. The internet is a really special place. (laughs) Many of us, including me, wouldn't have really discovered Tantra or sacred sexuality if it weren't for this incredible invention. And none of you would be listening to these words right now if it weren't for the gift of the internet. So I love the internet. Thank you to the internet gods. And I deeply desire to expand beyond it, to experience more real life love, community, and connection in 2023. This year, I am committed to creating more in-person opportunities than ever before. And I would be so grateful for you to join me. So I have a consistent stream of diverse upcoming events, workshops, gathering retreats, and conscious play opportunities, all of which can be found on my website, www.talktantratome.com. And then under the events tab, you can see all the juicy things that are coming up. So check that out. Can't wait to give you a big squeeze in real life. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I'm really excited to talk to you about manifesting your life partner. So this is the first time that I'm coming on the podcast or at least recording. I'm not sure when this will actually be published, but I'm assuming that this is going to be the first time that podcast listeners will be hearing if they haven't already on social media that I'm engaged. (laughs) Um, Super exciting for those who are new to the podcast. I have been dating an incredible man by the name of Andrew. And Andrew was already on the podcast. Let me just pull up the that he was on. So if you're curious a little bit more about us and our dynamic, kind of how things are going with us in in relationship, uh, we did those interviews back in, I think, October um, and published them in early November. So we are definitely due to come back on together as a couple. And that's something that you can definitely look forward to in the coming weeks. It is in the schedule. That being said, this is going to be a solo episode today where I just share a little bit more about what I did to call this immaculate man into my life. So what is a life partner? So the first thing I want to draw attention to as well is that I've previously done an episode about manifesting a partner. And I'm also going to go ahead 
and give you the number of that one. Because if you're wanting to manifest a lover or a partner, but maybe not necessarily your life partner, check out episode 48 of this podcast, how to manifest your ideal lover or partner. Um, Because that one is a little bit more broad than the episode today, which is going to be going really deep into specifically life partner as well as giving you guys a little bit more um, personal story from my own life of uh, what's been going on since I met this man and since I really began opening myself up to receiving a life partner. Uh, so to me, a the difference b- between calling in a life partner and just an ideal lover or partner is the intention of calling in someone who you're going to spend your life with, someone that you may want to have children with or buy a home with or make more committed decisions with the intention of uh, committing to this person for life, whether that involves monogamy or some other relating structure. Um, So yeah, um, about a year ago, actually more than a year ago, I guess it was almost a year and a half ago, well, I guess backtrack about two years ago, uh, I was dating. I had just started dating someone who I dated for a year and who, if you listen to episode 48, how to, uh, manifest your partner, I talk about in depth because, um, in some ways I thought that he might be my life partner and he prepared me so incredibly for receiving my life partner. He was the perfect person to show me my blind spots, what I was missing in order to get clear on the vision of what I actually desired in partnership. Um, And it was so beautiful in so many ways, uh, that relationship. But when I called him in, because I, I did use the process, um, I used a process that I'll, that is similar to the one that I'll go into in this episode, but it was missing some key things, but I do share the process of, you know, calling him in, in episode 48. Um, and, you know, I think that a beautiful point here to recognize is, that even if you think that you're ready to call in your life partner or you feel that you are doing the process or the like checking the boxes to manifest your life partner, it may not be time for you to receive them for one reason or another. Um, And one of those reasons might be that this other partner, this, the, so if you're calling in your life partner and you call in someone and you're like, oh, it might, I think this is my, I think this is it. I think this is my life partner. I think I can spend the rest of my life with this person. And it ends up blowing up in your face. Like it did for me. Um, the beauty is that that relationship was preparing you for actually receiving the person that you're meant to be with. So even if you go through the process that I'm sharing with you today and it doesn't happen immediately or it doesn't happen in the timeline that you desire or the timeline that you give the universe, do trust that there was something in that partnership that was setting you up for really meeting um, that person that you're going to spend your life with, which is super exciting. Albeit I totally get it. It's frustrating. It's, it can be, it was very frustrating for me to feel like, um, my ex and I had this vision and I became very invested in that vision. So when we broke up, it wasn't just like I was breaking up with him and 
uh, you know, experienced the grief of losing that loved one, but it was also the grief of losing the vision that we had. But you get to trust that there is something better coming for you. Um, But the interesting thing is that when I manifested him, my ex, I wrote at the top of the page, you know, calling in my partner in growth, love, and ascension, which is exactly what I got. It's exactly what I got. At that point, I wasn't, I, I subconsciously wasn't even ready to write down on the top of the paper, I want a life partner. I'm calling in my life partner. These are the things that I want in my life partner, right? I was like my partner in growth, which is again, exactly what I got. But you'll see as I share my process in calling in Andrew that I did things much more intentionally and much more courageously. So when I was dating my ex about halfway through our relationship, maybe it was like four or five, six months in, we were arguing a lot. We were arguing a lot at really every stage of of the relationship. And I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing, but there were so many things about him that I loved that were working that I had never had in previous partners that made it easy for me to settle even for the amount of unresolved disagreement that we were having. Because I don't think that disagreement inherently is bad. I don't even think that unresolved disagreement is bad. I think that when it um, depends on the longevity of that nature of being unresolved, as well as the complexity of the issue. Um, But one of the things that, um, you know, we're always looking for, I forgot what the phrase is, but we're always biased towards whatever is going to support what we want. Right. So I was listening to this podcast around that time when we were arguing, I remember I was on a plane and, um, It said something along the lines of, if you're with someone that checks 80% of the boxes for you, um, then that's a fucking like amazing thing. And you shouldn't leave someone because of the 20%. If they're checking 80% of the boxes, that 20% is there to help you learn and to grow and to evolve and shouldn't be taken for granted that it's only 20% because of so many other people, it will be far less. And I was like, oh, amazing. Like, I do think that in that my ex um fits like 80% of the the boxes of the things that I desire. And so it's worth it to stay in this. Like this is validating my belief, right? So I was looking for that bias to like continue with the relationship. But what I didn't realize is that. I actually wasn't 100% clear on what all of my boxes even were. So I was clear on maybe about 60% of what I wanted or 60% of my vision for partnership. And Enrique, my ex, checked about 80% of that 60% that I knew. But what is 80% of 60? That would be um, like 40-something percent. 45%, I think that would be 45%. I'm totally ballparking doing math in my head. So I might've totally fucked that up, but you get the point. You know, if it's 80% of the boxes that I'm looking to be checked, but I don't know my 100% and he's only checking. So I'm I'm basing my check marks off of 60%. Then really he's only checking 45% of my boxes overall, because there's this, 
you know, shadow, there's this, there's 40% of what I want that's in shadow that I'm not even really aware of even yet. Um, because there's still work to do on really getting clear on my truth and on my vision. So the first piece in calling in your life partner is taking the time to get really fucking clear on your vision and what you want. And it can be hard to get to 100%. It can even be impossible for some of us. I know that even when I did call in my life partner, Andrew, I still wasn't at 100% yet, but I was pretty close. I was probably at like 90% plus. But the beautiful thing is that if Andrew checks 80% of the boxes when I'm at you know, that 90% mark, then or more of those boxes, then I don't know the math, but that's like far better. If he's checking 80% of the boxes when I know nine, what 90% of the boxes are, um, then like he's hitting pretty close to that, that 80%. And then there's that little bit that gets to trust that there's some things that, and this has happened. There are certain qualities in Andrew that I didn't even know that I wanted. And that's where that other 10% has been revealed And it's very clear that he does, in fact, hit at least 80% of those boxes, if not more. He's everything that I wanted and more, if that makes sense. So don't beat yourself up necessarily if you don't feel like you're totally at the 100%. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're not ready to call in your partner. There's a lot of space in trusting in the universe and trusting where you're at that the remainder will be revealed, especially as you're stepping into more partnerships and practicing and gaining more clarity. Um, Because that's another really big piece for me. Uh, So after my relationship with my ex ended, which was uh, a little over a year ago, Um, I was like, fuck torn up because I got so close in my eyes to everything I've always wanted, but then it became clear. Well, there were definitely things in that relationship that weren't what I wanted. Um, and that's why it didn't, you know, evolve further. That's why it ended in, um, it ended in a breakup in a, in an uncoupling. So I also, though, was like, I don't want to get in that situation again. I don't want to fall in love with someone in a vision and the vision of life with them again and then have it end in um, heartbreak um, and that much grief. So I decided that if I'm going to get into a serious relationship, I'm going to be really fucking clear that it's my person. Um, I'm going to be really fucking clear on what my intentions and desires are and share them from the get-go because I don't want to, you know, get into that situation again. And, you know, another thing that really sticks out to me, the difference between the beginnings of my partnership with uh, my ex versus Andrew is that with my ex from the beginning, I kind of knew he wasn't my person. I didn't feel it. I was like kind of dragging my feet to even go on the first date. Um, there were a lot of things that kind of pointed to us having very different values and lifestyles. And still I decided to keep going because there were things that I was learning along the way. And I loved him and he treated me really well in many, many ways. Um, there was a lot of room for growth for both of us in that relationship and a lot of ways that we both mistreated each other. Um, but at the end of the day, there was more evidence than I had had previously of, um, 
a high vibe relationship, uh, but I was still settling. So, you know, I think that like, if you're feeling at the beginning of dating someone that it's like, I don't know, like, I don't really feel it. It's probably not the person then. Um, And if you're really clear that you want to call in the person, then don't waste your time with someone that isn't. Uh, There are other factors though that can play in here. So um, a lot of times when people do meet their person, and this wasn't necessarily the case for me, but I've heard from others that actually there were definitely elements of this for me, but um, they'll say something along the lines of, I actually didn't think that he was my person or she was my person because of how peaceful it was. Like there wasn't any of those like intense, anxious butterflies, excitement. I just actually felt very calm. I felt like I was home. Right. And, um, so sometimes people can think he's not my person because they're not feeling that insanely intense, like twin flame sort of energy to me. The difference between a soulmate and a twin flame is that a twin flame, you know, kind of has a little bit more of that fiery passion and it kind of asks you to like evolve very quickly. And that's kind of why it can have that almost addictive quality to it. Whereas a soulmate kind of feels like slipping into a pool of water. It's like we're the perfect pair and it's very peaceful. I don't necessarily like to use these words though. And that's why I'm not titling the podcast, how to find your soulmate or how to find your twin flame, because there's lots of different, um, like perspectives on what these words mean. And I, and I want to be very clear. So I'm just saying life partner, because that's very clear to me. And I think very clear to others, there's not as much room for, um, for different definitions. Although, you know, obviously life partner can look very different to the individual, but the intention of spending your life with someone is, uh, remains very clear with that term. So, Anyways, uh, as I was saying, it's really important to get really clear on what you want before going into the relationship. So for me, what that looked like is after that breakup, I actually made the commitment to not date to find my life partner yet. I was dating to for a couple of reasons. One, to take care of my needs. I had needs for intimacy. And although I was still healing from my breakup, I knew that having the support of love and intimacy from others would support me in those moments. Although I was obviously very clear with every person that I dated that I wasn't really ready for it to commit to a long-term relationship at that time. Um, and the other thing I was doing when I was dating was getting really clear that like the vision that I desired for committed partnership with one person was actually what I wanted, that family and birth and babies was actually a dream of mine. And it wasn't some like lingering, um, conditioning or something, which I, it became very clear that yes, yes, that vision was very much authentic to me and something that I definitely wanted. Um, and still want, and now am on track to have. So it was also like giving myself time and space to explore some other relating styles and explore people that were relating in different ways to say like, is that what I want? And so I kind of had this period of being poly, being solo poly. I dated people that definitely were not wanting to have children that had many partners. So I was able to see, Ooh, here, like I'm in this lifestyle. Is this what I want? Do I want a little bit of that? And, or do I want a little bit of this or like, what are the different options? And so 
um, by the end of it, I kind of became very clear of, of what I did want, which I'll go into that a little bit later. But I want to hammer in this point of like finding your truth. Don't settle based on what you have evidence for either. My invitation for you is to create your dream relationship. So this happens in all areas of life, in my opinion, but we'll use the examples of relationships because that's where we're at in this conversation. But it's my it's my observation that we often manifest or make a plan for our life based on what we see happening around us. So in the case of relationships, we'll look at other relationships, especially relationships that we admire and say, oh, I want something kind of like what they have. Um, or we'll, we'll manifest our relationship based on what we've experienced prior. So I'd like a little bit of, um, Timmy and I'd like a little bit of Ryan in my future guy and we'll sprinkle in a little bit of Joe or whatever, like taking those different qualities and things that you liked about those, those various partners. Hello, lover. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And thank you for your patience with this brief interruption as I ask for a quick favor. If this podcast resonates with you, I would love to hear it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective and your reviews also help this podcast become more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to find it and more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. Thank you again. Take these couple of minutes to hit pause, write a quick review, and then let's get back to the episode. But my invitation is to dream outside of what you have evidence for, to get curious about what you actually want. Because part of why I settled with my ex is because I didn't know that like what I really wanted was possible. So I was like, oh, well, I'll settle for someone that like wants, you know, these things because I know that I can have that because I've seen other people have that, right? But I, I hadn't really ever witnessed before I before Andrew and I's relationship, I hadn't ever witnessed a relationship that I was like, I want exactly that. That's the exact type of relationship I wanted. I had none of that. There were definitely a few couples that had, you know, something like what I wanted, but it was never exactly it. And it's not to say that those individuals' relationships weren't amazing. Um, It's just that they're different people and they have different desires and different things that they want out of life, right? So I invite you to like dream outside of the box and allow yourself to be evidence for what's possible by creating something outside of the box with your partner. And that's really like I think that Andrew and I talked about this on the podcast that we did together, and it will certainly be something that we um, that we bring up a lot because it's a foundation of our relationship that we desire to be evidence of what's possible in terms of, you know, being in relationship. So, again, find your truth. If you can dream it, it's possible. So dream really big and don't settle. And I also want to address the fact that. Let me just take a sip. One second. So 
just because you're calling in your dream relationship doesn't mean that it's always going to be an ease, that it's always going to be peaceful and blissful. Every relationship is going to have conflict. And that's a good thing to truly grow and evolve. Conflict is required. Basically, if there is no friction or disagreement in your relationship, it's likely because, because one person isn't totally speaking their truth. Um, I've had individuals that I've coached and friends and even in my own family, I've witnessed people stay in relationships for years and years and years because there's no real reason to leave because there's no fighting. But at the same time, it's like both parties are just complacent because they're not really having the hard conversations and allowing them each party to get what they want, whether that involves figuring it out together or uncoupling and finding it elsewhere. We think that we want these like, quote unquote, easy relationships, one that has no arguments or frictions where our par- our partner always agrees with us and placates our desires and martyrs them to our will. But the point of relationships isn't just to enjoy the easeful benefits of doing life together because it's definitely a part of it. You know, there are so many ways that my life is easier because Andrew's in it and there's also a lot of ways that my life is harder <laughs> and not not in not in a bad way there's a lot of joy and um growth that comes from doing hard things and having hard conversations with someone that you love to me the primary primary intention of every relationship in my life is to grow it's to get myself get to know myself better um, by having the mirror of another and by committing to someone for life, there are some depths that you can reach that you cannot reach by floating around to a lot of different relationships. So, you know, this sort of growth can only happen when your partner is a crystal clear mirror for you. And that also means being you all the way and holding those around you to the same caliber of integrity and self-awareness. And this really points again back to when you're ready to call in your person, getting really clear on your truth. Because being clear on your truth means that you are in integrity with yourself. It means that you're being yourself all the way. So yeah, just want to, you know, kind of point out this fact that the dream relationship doesn't mean that there isn't conflict because it doesn't, but getting back to that point on finding your truth. So I spent five months after my breakup with my ex, I spent five months dating around and using that time to get really clear on what I actually wanted. And in some ways it was really scary because um, I didn't know that it was possible because again, I didn't have evidence of other other relationships, but I thought, you know what? I'm just going to give it a go. I'm going to like try it once. I'm going to try just like really asking the universe for every single thing on my checklist, even though I don't know if he exists. I don't know if it's possible because this is such a big ask to have like all of these boxes checked, but like, I'm going to try, I'm going to go for it. And if it doesn't work, then I can reassess in six months or whenever. Um, So yeah, I thought really long and hard about a lot of the qualities that I desired and, you know, it was 
it, it, it all came down and I'll share some of the, the things that I looked for in my partner. Actually, you have my journal here, um, from that time in my life when I decided to call in a partner. So for me, a tool that really worked in putting my truth or my desires down on a piece of paper in calling in my partner was this tool that I got from Orika, who is also on this podcast. Um, her episode is 85, episode 85 with Orika called Compatibility and the Sacred Beloved. So that episode actually didn't come out until after I, Andrew and I had been dating, but I interviewed Orika about two or three weeks, maybe a month before um, I did my my ritual, my manifestation ritual, my sex magic to magnetize uh, my partner in. And it so it just felt very synchronistic because I knew that it was coming. I knew that I was getting ready to call on this partner. And a lot of Orika's work revolves around what it means to uh, call in the sacred beloved. So uh, she introduced me and the listeners to this exercise where you, to really find your sacred beloved, there needs to be compatibility. And it's not just compatibility you know, in love, you know, because love is not enough, which I'll, I'll probably go into deeper, you know, in this podcast, but she says that compatibility needs to be in three categories. You need to have compatibility of the sex, compatibility of the heart and compatibility of the head. So I have three parts on my journal where I talk about what compatibility looks like in each of those three, you know, categories. So that it was very clear when I met someone, is this a full body? Yes. Am I feeling compatibility in all three of these areas? And I love that she relates it to these body parts because that's what it means when it's a full body. Yes. It's the head, it's the heart and it's the sex. So I went ahead and wrote down, you know, some of those things. So in sex, I talk about how I was, how I'd be physically attracted to him, what our sex would actually be like, what our sex life would be like together. Um, for the heart, I talked about, you know, some of the emotional things I might be feeling. I talked about commitment. I talked about authenticity, um, the evolution of our love, uh, what our love will mean to the world, things like that. And for head, I talked about things like his mindset, um, how his intelligence, his perspective of the world, growth mindset, uh, being conscious, um, having his priorities straight, having a, a wealth mindset, having a um, abundance mindset, you know, lots of different uh, growth mindset. I think I already mentioned. So those were kind of the things that that came up for me when I did that exercise. So after you get really clear on your truth, the next piece will be becoming and being the match for that person. So all of the things that you decide are your truth and that you want in relationship, you get to start acting like someone who already has those qualities within themselves um, or someone who is at the very least open to receiving those qualities. Um, and this really comes down to the beingness. It's also acting as if you're already in that partnership to a degree. And the second piece um, is uh, devotion. So being in devotion 
to the beloved before they even arrive into your life, which I'll talk about more. And then the last piece is holding the pillar. So not settling basically. So once you get clear, like not allowing any bullshit to step in that isn't in alignment with the intention in the person that you're calling in. So what does it mean to not settle? You know, we'll go a little bit deeper into, into that concept of love is not enough to make the relationship work. And that might be an unpopular opinion, but I've been in love with, you know, several men. I've loved many men. I loved many humans, but I've been in love with maybe three or four. And um, I can tell you from experience that it's not enough to make the relationship work. Sometimes loving someone means letting them go to find someone more compatible, to find someone that they can grow with and be met in their deepest longing and you can have the same. Love is not the glue that holds the relationship together. Truly unconditional love sets each other free. And we can hope that that freedom is found in relating to another one another, but sometimes it's not. Um, so yeah, love, love is just not enough. What's really important is having a shared vision. It's compatibility. Compatibility paired with love is the foundation for long-term relating. So having a shared vision of the future, compassionate communication and clarity on your needs and desires is really what creates the space for expansive relating. So there's that piece. And then there's also this piece on not dating someone for their potential. I've been a serial offender of dating individuals for their potential. I did this for years. I did this in the relationship with my ex. As I said before, I knew that it was he wasn't the person for me from the beginning, but there were so many things that worked and he had so many great qualities and he had such great potential if he would just go to therapy, if he would just stop drinking, if he would just, if he would just, if he would just. And guess what I did? I quote unquote wasted my time in that relationship. While I actually don't think that it was, don't believe that it was a waste of time. Um, I also learned my lesson on not dating someone for their potential because guess what? While he did grow and evolve, you know, he never lived up to that potential and it led to a lot of resentment. So you know, again, in some regards, dating someone for the poten- their potential works, but it mainly works for the partner um, because they basically end up getting free advice and free coaching. Uh, but maybe at the same time, they feel constantly badgered to meet your high expectation or to meet your desire when it's not in alignment with their truth in that moment or ever. And again, it it often led to resentment for me, and that's definitely a common. Uh, common thread. And that can be really a fast track for breakdown. And that was a lot of our arguments had to do with just not feeling met. Um, So date them for exactly as they are and love them for it or love them by letting them go. And again, this doesn't mean settling. This means knowing what you want and deserve and then holding the line until you find it in someone Or if you're dating someone and you're seeing that potential is there, communicate it to them and give them a chance to show the fuck up. But as soon, like if they don't do it and do it on, then really question whether 
you're dating them for their potential or you're dating them for who they are. You know, Andrew and I have talked a lot about what we love about each other. And one thing that I often go back to is this realization that there's a million reasons to love him exactly as he is. And if he stayed the exact same as he did today, I would be 100% on board to love him for the rest of my life. That being said, one of the things I love so much about Andrew is that he's so growth-minded. He's so willing to continuously invest in himself. I'm so excited to be with someone that's like, we're seven months in now and we have a therapist and I'm in my leadership program and he and and in a, a mastermind and he has his men's group and his men's coaching and he has a therapist and a dietitian. And I have my therapist and we're both just on track to really evolve and grow together. And so it's like, that's one of the things I love about Andrew is that he already has that built in. So it's not something that I've had to create. So we both have this shared value of personal growth and development. So positive change is inevitable regardless. And that's just, you know, the cherry on top. So my invitation is as you date um, with the intention to call in your, your life partner, date them for the values and the life track that they're already on. Look at their actions and their commitments and their ability to follow through. For example, um, I wouldn't break up with someone going to Harvard because they didn't already have the law degree, right? We're not, that's like a type of potential that's, that um, is a little bit different. That's the track that they're already on. So it's not necessarily about like, they need to have all of the things now. It's about what kind of person are they being in the world? How are they showing up? What energy are they bringing? What is their vision? Um, but I would break up with someone that kept saying they were going to, you know, enroll at Harvard or sign up for that coaching program or go to therapy or whatever, but kept failing to actually follow through to do it. So if you find yourself rationalizing, saying things like he might change his mind, or if I could convince her to go to therapy, or I know what he really wants, or she's just afraid of commitment or X, Y, Z or he has a lot on his plate right now, or she'll be more, I don't know, open sexually one day, um, or when he quits drinking, it'll be better. Or she said she'd work on it, but you know, there's a lot of potential, whatever. If you find yourself kind of following any of those tracks, uh, my suggestion is to consider, you know, cutting that off or communicating very clearly, giving them an opportunity. And if they don't step up, you know, considering if that's the right relationship for you, because you deserve the kind of love that comes with no strings attached and no silent or not so silent expectations. So get clear on what you want and do not settle for less. So just to reiterate, those first pieces of really finding your truth. What do you want in that relationship? And then holding the pillar and not settling. Next, we're going to move into a little bit more about what it means to be in the beingness of calling in this partner. Um, you know, when you be the type of person that your primary partner or your life partner um, would desire, you become a magnet for that to come in because you're acting like it's already there. So the universe is like, oh, great. 
caught up. Let's let's collapse this timeline, right? And I'll also share a little bit more about some of the like actual little magical little ritual things that I did um, and the clarity that I gave the universe to, to call this man in. So as I've been going through this podcast and recording, I've realized that I'm already pretty deep into this conversation. Uh, We've taken up quite a bit of time and I still have a lot more that I want to share. So I've just decided now that I'm going to make this into a two-part episode. So this is going to be part one. I'm going to pause here and then I'm going to go into part two to share a little bit more about those next pieces. So I just want to take this moment to express my gratitude to you as the listener. Thank you so much for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality Uh, with much love and gratitude. Have a sexy and spiritual day and I'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to me for part two of this podcast.